In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, glory be to Jesus Christ. I greet you on this wonderful feast of Lazarus Saturday. This feast is given to us as a refreshment, along with the feast of Palm Sunday tomorrow, as a refreshment and a strengthening and an encouragement as we enter into the great arena of Holy Week, where we will walk with Christ journey with him to the cross and by his grace we will remain with him through his trial through his crucifixion and finally arrive at his resurrection I want to share with you a homily from the Synaxarian concerning this holy day. On this day, the Saturday before Palm Sunday, we celebrate the fourth day raising from the dead of Lazarus the righteous friend of Christ. Lazarus was a Hebrew of the sect of the Pharisees, and as far as is known, he was the son of Simon the Pharisee, who dwelt in the village of Bethany. Lazarus was a Pharisee, who in general were a group of people who rejected Christ because of their pride, because of their religious exterior, it did not allow them to allow Christ to enter into their hearts. But Lazarus was an exception. He became a friend of our Lord Jesus Christ when he sojourned on earth for the salvation of our race. For when Christ continually conversed with Simon, entering his house and discoursing on the resurrection from the dead, Lazarus was quite pleased with the genuineness of this teaching, and not only he, but also his two sisters. Martha and Mary. In the, in the gospel account, it, John says that he refers to Martha and Mary and Lazarus as people who Jesus loved. Now that seems strange to us, but we see this in the gospel of John several times. Of course, Jesus loves everybody, right? He's God. God is love. Yet apparently in his humanity, Jesus had certain people that he had a close affinity to, one of them being John himself, the disciple whom the Lord loved, but also Lazarus and Martha and Mary. Jesus loved them, both as God and as a human being. <clears throat> Thank you. 
At the time of the Savior's passion drew near, when it was especially necessary to believe in the mystery of the resurrection, Jesus was sojourning on the other side of the Jordan. Here he raised from the dead the daughter of Jairus and the son of the widow. At this time, his friend Lazarus contracted a grievous illness and died. Then Jesus, even though he was not present there, said to his disciples, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him. And again a little later, Lazarus is dead. Then Jesus left the Jordan and went to Bethany, which was about 15 stadia, approximately two miles away from Jerusalem. Martha, the sister of Lazarus, went to meet him and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus asked the crowd, where have you laid him? Immediately everyone went to the tomb. As the stone was removed, Martha said, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. He shed tears for the one lying there. This is the famous shortest verse in the, in the gospel, in the Bible, where it says Jesus wept. This is one of the signs that God gave us in the Holy Scriptures to point to the true humanity of Christ. He was not a phantom or a ghost. He was a human being just like us with all of the aspects of human nature except for sin. And he wept at the grave of Lazarus. But then he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. At once he was dead, came forth, was unbound, and set out for home amidst great rejoicing and thanksgiving. This strange wonder roused the Hebrew people to malice. They were infuriated with Christ. But Jesus once more fled and escaped. The high priest determined to kill Lazarus because many who saw him were won over to Christ. Now since Lazarus knew what they were thinking, he sailed away to Cyprus. This is a part of the story that we don't have in the Gospels. But through holy tradition, we know what happened to Lazarus. And I'm going to share that with you right now. So he sailed away to Cyprus. He dwelt there and was later elevated by the holy apostles to the archbishop of Citium, which is present-day Larnaca. He was beloved by God, conducting himself most nobly as an archpastor, performing many miracles. Thirty years... After his resurrection in 63 AD, he died once more and was buried in Citium. It is said that after his return to life, Lazarus ate only meals having some sweetness. That's interesting. We don't know why, but that apparently is the case. Also, it is related that the All-Holy Mother of God sewed his omophorion and cuffs with her own hands and presented them to him as a gift. Lazarus 
was changed by his resurrection. It is said that after his first resurrection, after his first death, that he never laughed. But only once someone observed him smiling. He watched someone stealing a clay pot and he said with a smile, clay stealing clay. Lazarus said nothing concerning those in Hades, either because he was not permitted to behold anything or he was directed to be silent about what he had seen. At this point, I want to just read to you from the life of St. Athanasius of the Kiev Caves, who also came back from death. We, we've heard this story several times because we have his relic in the altar of our church. It says that after a long life of asceticism, this holy man died and was washed, attired, and prepared for burial. He lay dead for two days, then suddenly returned to life. When they came to bury him, they found him sitting up and weeping. He shut himself in his cell and lived a further 12 years on bread and water without a word to anyone. So the life of St. Athanasius and apparently the experience of Lazarus tells us that we need to be very serious about death and what to expect that we need to prepare ourselves <clears throat> because it's a fearful thing what the soul goes through when we leave this world. We need to make sure that we have confessed all of our sins. We need to make sure that we have struggled with the passions to the best of our ability and that when we have failed, that we have asked for forgiveness and been humble and prepared ourselves. Because so many accounts of the saints who have seen death and Hades and the other world warn us that this is very important. We need to make friends with the saints, our guardian angel, with each other, in this life, we need to practice in this life for that journey that we will take in the next life, as did Lazarus and St. Athanasius of the Kiev Caves. So getting back to the life of Lazarus. Furthermore, he said nothing about what happened in Hades, and he lived a very serious life for the next 30 years. Now, the most wise emperor, Leo, in 890 AD, after a divine vision, transported the precious and holy relics of this saint to Constantinople to the church of St. Lazarus, 
that he had constructed and deposited them reverently and ceremoniously to the right of the church's entrance against the front walls of the Holy Bema. Here his precious relics still remain, exuding an ineffable fragrance. The translation of his holy relics is commemorated on October 17th. So the resurrection of Lazarus is appointed to be celebrated on this present day after the 40-day purifying fast. Because our holy and God-bearing fathers, especially the holy apostles, found this miracle to be the beginning and the cause of the fury of the Jews against Christ when he was about to give himself over to his holy sufferings. For this reason, they placed this extraordinary and wonderful event here. In addition, the placement of this feast by the Holy Fathers serves as a necessary rest and transition between the rigors of the fast and the awesome and saving events of Holy Week. For in truth, yesterday's evening's Vespers not only ended the Holy 40 Days fast, but also ushered us into a joyous resurrectional prelude that will eventually lead to our Savior's passion. Also, there is a footnote here that in the church of St. Lazarus in Larnaca, Cyprus, is his tomb, which was discovered in 1890 with the inscription, Lazarus, the four days dead and friend of Christ. What an honor to be called a friend of Christ. It is St. John the theologian is the only one who records the raising of Lazarus. Now why is this? Well, his gospel was written much later, much later, around 70 A.D. The other gospels were written closer, and it could be that Lazarus was, well, obviously Lazarus was still alive when the other gospels were written. So it's perhaps because Lazarus was still living and able to be seen that they did not, the other gospel writers did not include this account in their gospels. It is said that the rest of the gospel of John was written about the eternal begottenness of Christ, the other evangelists including nothing about this. It is desired to believe that Christ is both the Son of God and God and that he is risen and that there will be a resurrection of the dead. And because of the raising of Lazarus, this is especially to be believed since his resurrection is a confirmation of the universal resurrection of man. Therefore, from this event, every man who has already died, this is something I did not know, every man who has already died is said to be a Lazarus. And the burial garment is called a Lazaroma. For the word alludes to the remembrance of the first Lazarus. For if Lazarus was raised by the word of Christ and came back to life again, so all men, even if they have died, will rise at the last trumpet and live eternally. Through the intercessions of your beloved friend, St. Lazarus, O Christ our God, have mercy on us and save us. Amen.